Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, who is the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And we are currently in our series, Pilgrim's Progress, as we study through Peter's letters, First and Second Peter, Peter's letters there to the Christians in the greater Roman Empire uh, during that time. And we've come to the end of First Peter. We're in chapter 5. We looked at chapter 5 on Sunday. Just this is a rich chapter to get into and just a lot of amazing things and a lot of great verses to just sit on and you know one of the things I even talk about God of all grace was just a great phrase that was you know one of those things that kind of life-changing in my you know just opened my mind to God of you know who God is and just getting delving into his character and but one of the things one of the verses that you looked at was just this idea be so mind be watchful your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion and one of the things interesting facts you brought up is that people seem to be under the impression you know kind of that that you know there's this tug of war going on between god and the devil and there's this our adversary there's this you know yin and yang you know there's this evil and good you know kind of the uh the idea of star wars you know darth vader and the force and all this kind of stuff and that one day we just hope that god's gonna win out and you know and of course you clear that up that there is absolutely no way that you know that satan is in any way uh you know god's equal in 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 any form whatsoever but there were some things that you know that we discussed later on that weren't you weren't able to include in your sermon because of course there was so much in here but that you wanted to expand on that theme just a little bit more yeah so um peter says that you know he's a roaring lion etc but i always love what paul says in colossians chapter 2 on this subject and it doesn't just have to do with evil spirits but it but it also does um at the end so i'll just go there colossians chapter 2 And here's what he says. He talks about what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And he uses a series of metaphors. Like he talks about baptism. So he talks about, you know, how we have died and been resurrected with Christ. And then he says this, you were dead in your trespasses. God made you alive. Um, Then he goes on to say, he canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. So he uses the metaphor of, you know, legal legalities, right? A record, a list of things you've done wrong. And he says they were nailed to the cross with Christ and such a good picture. But then he says this, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. And that idea of open shame is something which ancient readers would have been familiar with, especially those in the Roman Empire, like where Colossae was, but also the people Peter was writing to, and even outside the Roman Empire. But it was particularly a practice uh, in ancient world, you know, Alexander the Great and, you know, different, the Persian armies, and you look at uh, the Roman Empire, what they would do is that when they would have a battle, let's say they, that, you know, Rome went to war with Persia at one point, for example, and you know, they would have a battle and they would defeat an army. Well, what they would do, or let's say the Germanic tribes, you know, the hordes coming from the north, the empire, they would be attacked or they would take new ground. And when they defeated an army, what they would do is they, they would put them to open shame. And what that would mean is that they would give them a fate, which arguably was worse than death. They would tie them up, they would chain them, and then they would lead them in a procession, they would march them all the way back to Rome. You can imagine all the roads, they go through towns, right? So you go through every single town, people come out of their houses and they see the victorious army and in their train, they're leading in chains and ropes and tied up, sometimes probably naked, this defeated and not just defeated, but humiliated 
army and soldiers. And so people would throw things at them. They would mock them. And finally, the, the peak of their humiliation, they would come into Rome. And not only would they have a parade down the great boulevards in Rome where people would see them, mock them, etc., but then they would be sold as slaves. And so not, that would be the ultimate humiliation. And you could say that in these people's minds, that would be a fate worse than death, that your enemy not only defeated you, not only did you lose the battle, but your, your entire life and existence now becomes to serve as a slave the very people who you were fighting against. And Paul says that that is what God has done in Christ to the devil, Satan, and the evil powers out there, so demonic forces. So in no way is it yin and yang, right? The one, the devil is not the counterpart of God. You know, sometimes I think it's so ridiculous the way that people give the devil way too much credit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he uh, has been disarmed and put to public humiliation. Now, it's interesting because he, he hasn't been destroyed yet. We know from Revelation that there will come a time when out on the day, after the day of judgment, the devil and hell will be cast into the lake of fire, which is called the second judgment. So that will happen. But for now, he's still allowed. Now, you might wonder, why would God still allow the devil, if he's been defeated, to not be destroyed for very good reasons, which we've talked about over the past couple of weeks in First Peter precisely, which is that God actually uses the devil to accomplish some of his things that he does, right? So the devil can't touch you without permission, right? Um, so we see that in the book of Job. The devil wants to touch Job, and God says, okay, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do. He puts limitations on what he can do, and he has to get permission. That's why we said yesterday, in some ways, we're a greater danger to ourselves than the devil is to us because he has to get permission to touch us and wreck our lives. Well, we don't need anybody's permission to go and do something that will wreck our lives. So how this would work then is that what is the, what is the ultimate humiliation, right? Being made a slave, according to this metaphor that Paul uses, being put to public shame. Um, well, what it would be is not only has he, you know, bound him, so to say, right? He can only do what God permits him to do. But the ultimate shame, if you're the devil, is that everything that you are allowed to do ultimately backfires on you and accomplishes fulfilling God's great purposes and goals, right? Whether it's for believers or for unbelievers. We looked at like last week, we looked at six things that God does in his loving kindness through suffering that are good. And um, and so that's the ultimate Humiliation is that everything that you're allowed to do ultimately works against you. It accomplishes the opposite of what you hoped it would. And so uh, I think that that is the way that we need to walk as Christians in victory, that in Christ, we, ha- we are more than conquerors, more than victors. He has been disarmed, disabled, and anything that comes into my life, um, there are still bad things that happen, and yet God is using those not only to uh, for my good now, but to build up a weight of glory to be revealed in the future. Yeah, no, that was a, that's a great, great thought. And it's, yeah, I think it's very important for us to make sure we keep that in perspective, that, that Satan is no, no, in no way God's, God's counterpart. And uh, yeah, as you said, we give him, give him way, way too much credit. So, and uh, so I'm, I, if you were uh, not able to hear Sunday's message, hey, get over there, whitefieldschurch.com, and uh, you can download it. And uh, we'll be continuing through Second Peter uh, after we take a break. 
for Advent series and Christmas. And, uh, but we'll still be here every week uh, doing these videos. And, and just to leave you with a, well, there's a great verse there, just to leave you with this verse is kind of the oldest pun, probably one of the oldest puns in the Bible, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. And I like the way you put it uh, uh, on Sunday, the idea of casting. Not, we're not handing God, God our cares. We're not laying them down to be able to pick them up, but we're casting. We're getting, we're just throwing them, throw them on, throw them on Jesus. Uh, for that thought, you know, for this week, I think that's a great thought just to, if there are things that you're dealing with, these things that Satan is what, you know, anxieties that you're fighting with, you know, cast them, you know, it's a, it's a, a way we just kind of physically just cast them on the Lord and, and, uh, cause he cares for you, you know, cast cast your cares on him for he cares for you so on that thought you know uh Spotify, we're there. Apple Play, uh, Google Play, whatever plays. We're, we're everywhere. Uh, you know, on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, comment, uh, any of those things, any of these platforms. It really helps to to get this our content out to a broader broader audience. And so we look forward to again seeing you next week. God bless.